microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dazzling duo, Derek and myself, Mike. The nub to my yub. <laughs> the hub to my grub. So, how's it going? Since it's been uh-huh. two weeks because of my work schedule. It's going all right, uh, I guess. Being a yub. <laughs> So, um, I, I thought you would enjoy the laugh when, when you told me you were listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks, and I think I agree with you. Uh, William Kircher as Craven would be a great idea. Yeah, it just popped in my head when I was listening to the show. You guys were talking about things, some of that, and I'm like, I don't know, it just something clicked in my head. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, ooh is a good thing. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to say, let's San Diego Comic-Con was last week. Got a lot of great news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Some we're going to talk here. Uh, some of the Marvel stuff we're going to talk about in two weeks over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, Star Wars stuff we're going to talk about on Wookiee Radio this week. Um, but first, how about some trailers? And, and I was able to drum up something that you weren't able to find. No. Yeah. We're entering the trailer park. (laughs) I will send you the link to that shortly (laughs) to where you can find that type of stuff. Um, Yeah, trailers, 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 trailers. So let's uh, start off with what trailers did you happen to see from the get-go? I saw the Shazam trailer, the Titans trailer, the... uh, Actually, hold on, I have a list. Hold on one (laughs) second. Uh, I saw Aquaman, Godzilla, King of Monsters, the uh, George R. R. Martin's Night Flyers, um, and the Doctor Who, and the trailer for Glass. Okay. All right. How in the world on this new Skype do you send a chat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I'll try this. Oh, there's a little. Yeah, I see it. In the lower left hand corner. Well, I think I saw all of those. Plus, I saw, um, all right, I just did something weird. Um, I also did uh, a few other trailers that you didn't see, like the CW trailers, um, Young Justice, uh, The Predator. So, there we go. Um, So, yeah, um, let's go with the trailers we saw equivalent. Um, I never realized until I was looking at the On Demand channel earlier today, looking for a movie to watch. Godzilla King of Monsters is essentially a remake from the 50s. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's doing the same thing. Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's almost like they're it's almost like Planet of the Apes that they're doing that exact same, giving it its current spin, but taking the same order as they are from then. 
so to speak. Until the next one when they do Godzilla versus King Kong. So are we going to eventually get uh, 10 years from now, Godzilla versus Biolanti? <laughs> oh, I horrible, horrible film. Creature mm. was cool, and I wish they went with the more, with the concept sculpt for that. But, uh, so let's start off with Godzilla King the Monsters. I, mean, I was so-so about it. I, I don't see where everyone's going. Take my money now. Take it. Take it. I mean, it was impressive, but... I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, I just, I'm not completely sold on it, if that makes sense. Mm, I guess so, yeah. I mean... What, what, I guess, what can you do? Um, and the concept's cool. Uh, I, I do question like you guys, did she create the monsters? Yeah, I was a little unsure on that. Or, or did she create the problem to cause the monsters to come back? All right, yeah. That's what I, um, wasn't exactly totally sure on. Yeah. But that's kind of okay in a way because you don't, you don't want to have the whole, plot laid out for you in the trailer so right right um so excited for godzilla not excited well uh the first godzilla was not bad it was okay um and then the king kong skull island was okay so this one I'm kind of a little more excited about because it has all the other monsters in it but I'm not like super you know like drooling over it Right. I can see that. Um, I guess let's move on to the next trailer uh, that we both saw. Titan or Titans for Titans. streaming service. Um, it was interesting. A little darker than I expected. Yeah. I think my favorite line in it, though, was, where's Batman? F Batman. <laughs> like, mm. whoa. That was a little surprising. <laughs> it, it's like he, he finally said what we've been wanting him to say forever. <laughs> Robin, you stay here. I'm going to the girl. Screw you, Batman. I'm going for the girl. You stay here for once. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked interesting, though. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm still I'm not sure where they're going with it, though, because obviously it's not um, it's not what uh, it's not based on the Wolfman Perez. Uh, they said it comes later from the, the Dennis Dennis uh, somebody hmm. Titans. Uh, I can't think it was it's more from the DC Titans book instead of the new Teen Titans. Hmm. And I, I'm going to have to look this up. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Titans. Titan from Dark Horse, no. Teen Titans, yes. Real team. Um, okay, with Titans, be not Judd Winnick. It was Dennis Sum, unless he's writing this. I'm not sure. And Wikipedia is not helping me out here. Uh, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised either. So, um, yeah. All I remember is I, I kept seeing references to some uh, dense gentleman. Mm. Maybe a listener will, will uh, help us out with this. Sure. We could always use some assistance. Uh, more ways than one. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a link to Teen Titan Comics. Let me double check it. There's Tiny Titans. That's not it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... I'm not getting what I need. Oh, well. 
I want to say the last name began with a C. No idea. Devin Grayson, who I think it's who it was. Oh, Devin Grayson. Yeah. Dennis, where the, where the hell did Dennis come from? <laughs> you got me. So it's it's coming from the Devin Grayson line. Any relation to, to Dick Grayson? Doubtful. Doubtful, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, we have more news about Titans a little later, but I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, Aquaman. Actually, no, let me go back to Titans real quick. Titans, would you pay for the streaming service for Titans? Mm, probably not. Not just for Titans, no. <laughs> They need to. They need to throw more in there to make it worth it. Yeah. So, uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Mira looked great. Yes. I gotta say, not being a huge Aquaman fan, the trailer kind of sold me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. Um, as much as the Flash TV series has turned me more into a Flash fan. Mm. Uh, the movie, this movie is kind of turning me more into an Aquaman fan. Yeah. But the new Flash movie, I, I still have no hope for it. Yeah. No. The, I mean, the, the saving grace is, it is not, I repeat, it is not Flashpoint Paradox mm. as of this time. So thankfully, yeah, that's right, yeah. thankfully that's gone away. So, um, yeah, Aquaman, I mean, I, I th I'm glad to see this one's not going to be as visually dark, like Batman Heart Superman or Justice yeah. Flop or Justice League, Justice Flop. Yeah, mm. just the flop. Um, Wonder Woman was a nice blend. It was dark when it needed to be visually. It was bright. It was, it, we got that hit, that fog of war feel with it. This one seems pretty cool, too, obviously. With um, being in the sea and it's deep in the sea, it's going to be dark. Some of the nighttime shots, but we're seeing a bunch of daytime stuff as well. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of more along the lines of what I want out of a DC movie. Yeah, make it realistic, not constantly. Oh, we're going to Gotham. It's yeah, where the sun never shines. Yeah. So, um, I kind of love Trump from Metropolis. I, I love Mara jumping out of the plane. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, where's the where, where's the uh, parachute? <laughs> oh, she'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> um, and then Manta. Yeah, he looked pretty cool. Oh man, which is good because. With with a costume like Black Manta's, it could go very badly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad they made the helmet look more realistic. Yeah, than uh, than what it could have potentially been. Mm. So, um, Shazam. Shazam was interesting. Um, One of my concerns was I, I was a little torn on how they did Billy in the beginning before he gets his powers. Yeah, a little bit. Like, like at first when I was watching the trailer, I was a little, I was iffy on it. Eh. But, but uh, by the end of it, I was I was enjoying it. Now, how how true is? See, it's it's been since the '80s since I read Shazam. Yeah. How how true 
to what they're doing now with it, is it? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I haven't really been reading Shazam either. I think that seems, it seems, and I could be wrong on this, but it seems like the, the movie's kind of going with the new 52 version of of, of Captain Marvel. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, that's what it seems like. But again, I could be wrong. Okay. But I gotta say, once uh, I think I think what won me over was when they showed the scenes of of uh, Captain Marvel and his buddy testing out his powers. Yeah, I, that that kind of that made me laugh. I found that funny. No, what did you guys say you felt the movie was like? Oh, I had a I have a fr- another friend who who said uh, he said, oh, I liked the movie better uh, when it was called Big. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say when I heard that this morning, I was gonna say. Uh, um, combination of big meets greatest American hero. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So yeah. It's that whole, can you, can you fly? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, what was it? Yeah, super strength. <laughs> Your bullet impenetrable. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the windows guys. <laughs> and yet they're walking out with all this food. <laughs> Yeah, that part was awesome. I love when he's uh, when he's walking down the hallway and he's just zapping people's phones. Your phone is charged. charged. Your phone, phone is charged. charged. Your phone is charged. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> now, my question: Are we going to see um, the the other foster kid turn into the other Marvel? I can't remember the other Marvel's name in the Marvel family. But Miss Marvel? No, not Mary. Uh, kid with the crutches. I don't think we see Mary in this. I don't think so either or at least not yet I don't know we probably won't see it in this one but possibly in another one and the website's already up for it is it yep um Shazam we go wiki okay so I want the Shazam family team affiliations Marvel Shazam family family members primary members we got Billy as Captain Marvel Mary as Mary Marvel um is that Freddy in the movie oh maybe because he becomes Captain Marvel Jr. Oh right, right. With right. the with the blue outfit. Um of course the black Marvel family, you got Black Adam, Isis, uh was it then of course Uncle Marvel later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um so I wonder if eventually he becomes um and that is Freddie, Jack Dylan Grazer. And there is Mary, Grace Fulton as Mary. So I uh-huh. wonder if we will see them in a sequel become part of the family. Quite possibly. Because apparently from the current rendition of the Marvel family or the Shazam family, there's a Pedro, Eugene, and Darla. And they're all present in this film as well. Hmm. So... It makes you go, hmm. And I clicked the Shazam website, and it took me to the app. <laughs> the app's website, not Captain Marvel. <laughs> Oops. Should have looked. Um, so the... um trying to think what else. I know I saw the trailer for, um, for Arrow. And the trailer shows him in jail, which I did not finish last season of Arrow. Did he end up arrested at the end? I don't know. I don't watch Arrow. Well, I guess that's where Brett came in. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. It, it gets to the point. Last Arrow last season, I kind of, I kind of drifted. Mm. Um, I, I caught the caught uh, the crossovers, um, but beyond that, I'm like, eh, I was losing interest. Yeah. Now we're going into season six, um, and apparently season six is going to have a lot of longbow hunters influence. Hmm. Which, if that's the case, we need to go back to the way it was with season one, and there's some death happening again. <laughs> and I'm sorry, critics. And there's another critic I will mention, but I eventually want him as a guest. Um, sorry, Arrow's changed at that point in time, and he kills. And that's what sets him apart from Batman at that point. Um, the Flash was cool with its trailer, um, especially when uh, you know, there's a new a new member coming to Team Flash. Um and it's, uh, you know, Barry just, you know, Barry celebrated not just saving the world, but the birth of the newest member of the West family. Saving the world, but the birth of the newest member. Wow, that was weird. I heard it. Weird. Mm-hmm. I heard it. Yeah, um, I heard silence um, for a minute. So Joe, Joe and Cecily's newborn daughter, Jenna, I don't remember. So does that make them the sister to Iris at this point? Yeah. Uh, however, a mysterious stranger crashed the party and revealed herself to be Nora Allen, Barry and Iris's daughter from the future. Right. And if a surprise child from the future wasn't enough, Nora reveals she's made us made some sort of huge mistake um, that the implication being that she needs her parents help. What's the help exactly? Um, it will play out over the course of season five uh, as it has been teased that Nora herself may be trapped in time, a situation that could lead Barry to trying to get her home to the future. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was cool in this is at some point um, she, she mentions to him about, Oh, here's your new cost. Here's your costume. It hands him a ring. Yeah. So maybe we get to see the ring come into play. I saw something about that. That would be cool. That'd be interesting. That, that would be awesome. Uh, Supergirl. I did not see the trailer for, but did find out, um, Manchester black is coming to the series, but I did see the trailer for, um, for legend. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of magic reference to it. Ah. Because we see quite a bit of Constantine. Ah, very nice. Very nice. And we see a very large Bebo. <laughs> Again? <laughs> so Bebo is back in like three to like 12 times the size. <laughs> That's going to be cool. <laughs> so I I don't think I have anything else that, oh, the Predator. I don't remember a lot about the trailer, but I know it's, I looked at it though going, okay, this is kind of cool. It's, it's going to be different. Um, glad I'll be. It's, it's kind of going back to the original. Yeah, uh, the trailer I saw was the Red Band trailer like a month ago. Yeah, the San Diego. I, I, I think I've seen them all. It, it looks pretty decent. I may go for it when it comes out in the theaters. Yeah, it looks kind of interesting. So uh, I was a little disappointed. There wasn't a lot that came from the Marvel camp. Mm. Well, there, there were some, but like I said, we'll talk about it next week. And there was some from. Star Wars, some one that absolutely broke the convention, but um, yeah, I'll be curious to see where we go from there. Mm, so, yeah, um, but of course, you know, Titans is one of the big things from DC, and they, of course, also made another announcement. Yes, they did. 
So they released a trailer for Titans in conjunction with their announcement about the DC Universe um, streaming service. And uh, they gave uh, some release dates and price points for the the service. Um, For one thing, they said... Annual memberships are going to be seventy four ninety nine. Uh, that's not bad. They are, not bad. That's, so that's that's per year. Um, and then they also announced that Batman Beyond, Batman the Brave and the Bold, and the Justice League animated series are going to be on the service, which is very cool. Oh, and Young Justice Outsiders. Yes. Which yeah. really wasn't a trailer, but it was like a tease of the new upcoming season. Oh, it was, it? it was like almost six minutes long. It's like two and a half minute recap of everything that happened up to the end of season two. For, for the first two seasons? Yeah. Well, no, just primarily of season two. Oh, okay. And then, you know, everything with Artemis and whatnot. And then we go into season three. It's been a while since I've watched season yeah. two. I think the last time we talked about it was on this show when they pulled it off the air. Probably. With Green Lantern. With Green Lantern yeah. Corps. Yeah. That was like four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, in addition to the, or I shouldn't say in addition, but uh, if you want to do the monthly a monthly membership that's seventy seven ninety nine a month so eight bucks a month or about seventy five bucks a year not too bad nope really but I still I still need to see I, if if I were gonna do it I probably I'll probably wait and see what else comes out although maybe when the swamp thing comes out that might be interesting it takes place in Huma 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 in in Huma. <laughs> I sent you the link for that in chat, by the way. Oh, nice. So the they actually it was kind of cool. They just had for a Comic Con weekend. They had a cool thing where you could, if you pre-ordered the DC Universe, you could win a chance to get Aquaman tickets. But that's over now. Yeah. Uh, but the the DC Universe will be available in fall 2018. As a direct-to-consumer digital service backed by Warner Brothers Digital Networks and built by Warner Brothers Digital Labs. Um, And then it says, you know, uh, fans will enjoy new original live-action and animated series, classic TV series and films, a curated selection of comic books, breaking news, an expansive encyclopedia. That's kind of interesting. And access to exclusive merchandise. And... There's also going to be a, a community aspect where you can you can talk to other fans and share your what you're watching and everything. Well, that's cool. So yeah, there we go. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Well, staying on with uh, with Titans. It has been reported that DC will be dropping all 13 episodes at once on their streaming service. So kind of treating it almost like a, whatchamacallit, like a, like Netflix. So, um, so yeah, that was revealed that the streaming service will follow a Netflix model distribution, allowing viewers to binge all 13 episodes at once. Oh, speaking of which. Iron Man trailer dropped. You heard us talk about it briefly last week on Mighty Marvel Geeks or Iron Fist trailer. It was I was gonna say the cool. Iron Man. <laughs> uh, Iron Fist. And uh yeah, like I said, the, the trailer for Young Justice Outsiders was pretty good as well. So um but they also made another huge announcement D, uh DC did and this I'm loving. That would be you. Oh, 
Yep, it went back to you. I thought you were still going. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Well, um, I think we all we can. I think many of us, most of us, could agree that uh, one of the best Batman series out there was <laughs> Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Um, certainly, what a lot of us uh, enjoyed while it was on, uh, and it's coming this fall. In an all-encompassing package, befitting its revered place in the annals of fan-favorite entertainment, uh, remastered for the first time since its broadcast airing from '92 to '95. Wow, that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Batman: The Complete Animated Series Deluxe Limited Edition will be available from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment on Digital Land in a stunning Blu-ray box set. At $112.99 on October 16th, 2018. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, the package features approximately 2,700 minutes of entertainment spread over 10 Blu-ray discs, plus the two bonus discs, not counting 11 specially selected episodes with audio commentaries by cast and crew. What about 11 herbs and spices? That, too. In addition, uh, <laughs> the box set will include an exclusive ensemble of collectibles highlighted by three Funko minifigures of Batman, Joker, and Harley Quinn. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. And seven beautifully designed lenticular art cards. Uh, the entire box set is housed in a stunning, stunning lay-flat book with a dazzling slipcase. Uh, yes, indeed. It will be individually numbered for a limited edition release of 30,000 and more than 2,000 copies were pre-ordered within the first 24 hours of availability on Amazon. Okay. So uh, that sounds that sounds actually pretty cool. Yeah, it does. So um, uh, in addition, some of the uh, enhanced content in the set includes 25 featurettes led by an all-new 60-plus minute definitive Batman the Animated Series making of documentary. That's awesome. Uh, the Heart of Batman. As well as introductions to five episodes by producer Bruce Tim and commentary on 12 episodes by various combinations of the production team. Bruce Tim, Eric Radomski, Paul Dini, Kevin Altieri, Michael Reeves, Boyd Kirkland, Shirley Walker, Glenn Murkami, Dan Reba, and James Tucker. Uh, oh, it also has the Mask of the Phantasm film. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and, nice. and Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero feature film. Oh, very cool. The Dark Knight's first night pilot promo, hosted by Bruce Tim, uh, which is the promo 1991 promo reel, as with Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski discuss the origins of Batman the Animated Series, uh, Batman the Legacy Continues retrospective, Batman uh, Robin Rising: How the Boy Wonders character evolved, Gotham's Guardians, the stalwart supporting characters. Oh, that's cool. Which is a documentary that focuses on the importance of the Dark Knight's allies in the Batman mythology. Oh, sweet. Ooh, here we go. Voices of the Night featurette. Uh, actors Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, Adrian Barbeau, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., and Andrea Romano discuss the process of bringing their iconic characters to life. Ah, now that is awesome. Yes. 
uh, Gotham's New Night featurette featuring Batgirl, uh, video commentary, in-movie experience, watch along as producer Bruce Tim, director Boyd Kirkland, and writer Paul Dini take viewers behind the scenes of an ex- exciting episode of Batman the Animated Series. Um, Arkham Asylum, examine the top secret case files of the Dark Knight's many foes. Um, examine Arkham Asylum. Oh, it ha- then it has the different sets of those. So examine the Dark Knight's case files, introduction, Clayface, Harley Quinn, Joker, Mr. Freeze, Penguin, Poison Ivy, Rachel Ghoul, the Riddler, Scarecrow, Two-Face, Ventriloquist, and Sar- Scarface. And Concepting Harley Quinn, where Paul Dini discusses how Harley Quinn was incorporated into the series. Ah, did, did, you get- did you know Paul Dini's had a cousin in Star Wars. No. Routini. I knew you were going there. (laughs) (laughs) It also has a tour of the Bat Cave, audio commentaries. This thing is just jam packed with with stuff. Yeah. It's it's worth it's a pretty good price for all of that too. Sounds like it. Although I'm looking (laughs) what's funny is I'm looking at the uh, minifigures, the Funko minifigures, and I actually have them already. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's okay. Nothing like a Java. <laughs> so, is it me, or has this year even proved more San Diego Comic-Con is really no longer San Diego Comic-Con, it's San Diego Culture-Con? Oh, definitely, yeah. So, I mean... I it, wonder if they even have, like, vendors selling comics anymore. Uh, Mile High Comics is bailed out. That's true. So, um, so obviously you don't have them anymore. Uh, I, I don't know who else you, you would potentially have there. I mean, I know you still got comic book creators there, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense. No. So, um, well, Aquaman is being, it, a lot of people going, if you watch the trailer and thought it looked familiar, you're not alone. Of course, there's a screen rat saying this. And why? Well, because it strikes a very strong resemblance to Black Panther, so they say. Now, they're saying contextually, Black Panther and Aquaman already have quite a bit in common before you get to the content in their movies. But, uh, you know, they also teased, you know, you know they both appeared in, ensemble, in a large ensemble film before their own film in their, mm. their home world, Wakanda and Atlantis, before it was ex- explored properly a year or two later. Uh, now, by taking a look at the resulting movies, um, here's how they're... Okay, where do things go? All right. Um, they're saying, you know, essentially they're almost copycats. Uh, Black Panther was heavily influenced by all eras of the comic book, pulling threads from the character's 52-year history. While Aquaman is more directed, is more directly influenced by Jeff Johns' New 52 reboot, uh, which is also a major influence on Shazam. Crucially, both films have been in development for a long time. First slated in 2014, both shot in 2017. Like so many so-called copycat films, there's little way for specific details to be influenced. Nevertheless, they both have ended up in a similar place. Says a lot about the superhero genre. 
that we may be getting oversaturated and it's hard to, it's like music. <laughs> you're not copying the same chords. It's just, if you're going to accuse someone of copying a chord progression and whatnot, well, then you're copying stuff from the past as well. Cause it's all been done in some form or manner in the past. Right. And I don't, I don't think DC purposely set out to copy Black right. Panthers. Right. Now, along with the main group surrounding the hero and his relatives, there are other tribes of varying alliances. Black Panther has five, while Aquaman has seven. Um, Plot-wise, they have some sort of role to play in the plot, eventually forming alliances against each other for a final battle involving giant mounts, whether it's rhinos, sharks, or seahorses. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have a second antagonist, a pirate terrorist who's an outsider. Um, by either stealing or gifting its own tech, of course, you got Claw, it's the arms dealer, and you've got Black Manta using a lantern Atlantean armor to give him uh, given to him by Orm. Here, though, comes the most interesting dissection. While Circus's character never got to fulfill his comic book promise, it looks like Manta might. So, um, I mean, we could continue on, but I'm just going to say, you know, similarities are similarities. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's gonna happen. So, I mean, what else do you want to do? Go get a cookie? <laughs> So, but I mean, plus, I mean, Marvel and DC have all kinds of mirror images of each other in general. So, you know, with Aquaman, there's Namor, you know. Yep. So, not really a big deal. Iron Man, Cyborg. Mm. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> um, Hulk, uh, no one. <laughs> uh, Flash and Quicksilver. True. So, um, I guess let's move on to the next story. Well, all right then. I think we need to uh, move away from DC for a little while. And actually, it's funny we should we just talked about Comic Con not being a comic convention anymore because I have a little comic book story here for you. Tell us a story, Uncle Derek. Well, this story begins a long time ago. Not in a galaxy far, far away, but, you know. Well, maybe if you can. Anyway. Uh, back, <laughs> depends, back in on, 19, depends on how old you are. Yeah. Back in 1977. No, I'm not talking about Star Wars this time. But there was a little uh, there was a little series of comics that Marvel was putting out. Uh, and it was called What If... Now, I am a huge fan of the What If series. I always have been. I love the uh, alternate universe kind of stories where, like, you know, basically the what if this happened or what if that happened. Right. For example, for example the original, uh, the first story from the original series imagined, uh, said, what if Peter Parker had successfully joined the Fantastic Four? Uh, and then there were stories like, what if Captain America hadn't been frozen in ice at the end of World War II? Uh, and what if what if the world knew that Daredevil was blind? Uh, and what if has made occasional appearances here and there? And every time I find, you know, every time I see it, I try to pick it up because, again, I love the stories. But now they're doing a new series of stories 
and I'm very excited about it. Um, so first up, we have What If the Punisher, number one, in which the death of Uncle Ben sends Peter Parker on a rather different path than we're used to, namely into a skull vest-wearing, gun-wielding, spidey, spidey-powered hybrid of the Punisher and Spider-Man. Uh, the synopsis promises to show us how his battles with the Green Goblin will be very different, by which um, you can imagine that the Spidey Punisher will just blow him away with a giant gun. Yep. Some sort of web gun. Um, and then it gets and then it gets even crazier from there as they have What If Ghost Rider number one, in which a real-world Nordic black metal band clashes with the Marvel Universe in the form of the Ghost Rider. <laughs> 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 it sounds so weird, but interesting. Um, so, of course, editor Kathleen Win- Wineski had this to say. Before you read this comic, you're going to need three things, friends. One, an extra pair of pants. Two, some kind of eyeball apparatus designed to keep your eyeballs inside your head. Three, your mom on speed dial. We are serving your, you pants off and eyeballs out levels of horror and shock. And if anyone has a chance to call you back from the ledge of insanity that this comic will lift you to, then then abandon you upon, it's your mama. If she's read it first, you can hold hands on your way down into the abyss. (laughs) (laughs) So then they got a couple others coming out. Uh, What If Magic, number one, which shows a reality where the mutant becomes a runaway and gets to explore her powers in her own time. What If Thor number one, which wonders what would have happened if Thor were raised by frost giants rather than Loki. What if X-Men number one, which looks a bit looks like a bit of a head-scratcher cyberpunk X-Men combo that feels a little bit 90s. And what if Spider-Man number one, which asks what would have happened if Flash Thompson had been bitten by the radioactive spider? Ooh, that's an interesting one. So, uh... Would he have still been Venom? mm, Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. I guess we'll have to read it and see. Uh, So it looks like these these are going to hit store shelves this October. Um, I'm not sure if they're all going to come out at once or one per week or what, but... We'll have to stay tuned for that. So that's kind of cool. I'm yeah. excited about that. That's going to be cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, I'm going to go with the story that I thought you were doing because I lost place order. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to feature key action sequences in IMAX. Oh, uh, Patty Jenkins is filming the sequel in I'm with IMAX cameras for key action sequences, making it the fourth DC film to use this camera um it was revealed that jenkins will shoot the sequel for select sequences uh joining the likes of nolan's the dark knight and dark knight rises snyder's batman heart superman um as well uh at the imax uh, earnings call uh executive greg foster for imax said the following i'm excited to announce that one woman two which comes out in the second half of 2019 will be shot with imax film cameras and in select sequences this warner brothers dc production uh the sequel of the global juggernaut from 2017 is directed by patty jenkins and produced by chuck roven and 
Rebecca Oakley Roven. We couldn't be more excited that IMAX has been chosen to be part of this film's design. So, uh, Wonder Woman is slated to hit theaters November 1st, 2019. Now, I, I saw The Dark Knight in IMAX, and it was very impressive. Like, there's, there's, there's a scene where he's standing on, on the, on, um, on the top of a building and the camera kind of pans around him and it just, it felt like you were there with him. Oh, it was really cool. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So, um, well, let's leave the real world and go into the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. If I didn't send you to a flashback of epic proportions of the old cartoon, <laughs> they died, kids. They died on the ride. Yeah. No. They didn't. Well, yeah. Yes, they did. <laughs> but <laughs> they're dead, Jim. If you're going to die and wake up in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe it's worth it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so this is kind of interesting because we don't really cover this kind of stuff too often. No, but I'm glad that we are covering it, though. Indeed. That's why I, uh, that's why I put it up on the notes. Um, so, of course, it's been a while since I played Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, but it's been forever for me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple of years, but I've always been a huge fan of role-playing games and dun- Dungeons & Dragons and other such games. I would say decades. Uh Oof, and maybe maybe one or two decades for me. Um, and of course, 92? nowadays, <laughs> not, well, huh? mine, mine was in the early 2000s, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, 92, that's the year I graduated high school. Anyway. <laughs> it's the same year my wife graduated high school. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. Now, um, nowadays, people are still role-playing, but another thing that's quite popular is uh, these uh, these little card games uh, that, that the kids play in there, like, uh, you know, the Magic the Gathering and stuff. Well, now we have an epic crossover uh, and a in an official release by Wizards of the Coast that came out on July 23rd, uh, Wizards Wizards of the Coast is psyched to announce the first collaborate collaboration on a major product between Dungeons and Dragons and Magic: The Gathering, with Guildmaster's Guide to Ravinka releasing Ooh. everywhere on on November 20th. The book will contain everything fans need to play D and D in the world-spanning city. Of Ravnica, excuse me, the fan favorite magic setting populated by 10 rival guilds, each with its own ethos and agenda. Wizards is also announcing D&D fans can now return to a magic heavy noir setting with Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron, a new document written by Keith Baker available online now. The well, exploration. Be there? No. The, <laughs> the exploration of these settings is a testament to how fan excitement can shape where d D travels to next. Uh, fans of D&D and Magic the Gathering have been asking for years about when these two amazing brands would play together, said Nathan Stewart, director of D&D. With the huge surge in popularity of D&D and Magic's commitment to bring the lore and storytelling to life, the timing seemed perfect. Ravnica is full of adventure possibilities, and I can't wait for fans to jump in to embody a member of one of the iconic guilds. I will personally be making a new character for Rakdos. Uh, this fall, Magic returns to the beloved plane of Ravnica with the release of the Guilds of Ravnica set for the trading card game and the D&D book 
Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, which will include classes, races, monsters, and setting information on the 10 opposing guilds, said Elaine Chase, Vice President, Global Brand, Strategy, and Marketing for Magic the Gathering. It's super cool for fans of D&D and Magic to be playing together in the same multiverse. Uh, Yeah, we're excited for fans to dive deeper into the robust world of Ravnica as the adventure is as a member of their favorite guild. So, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So now I don't not quite sure if that means you can actually if it's just the setting or if they actually will have like you can use magic cards in the in the D and D campaign. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Stand by for further details. Uh, well, how about this one for you? The hit comic in the sci-fi genre saga is taking a hiatus for at least a year. Um, created by. <laughs> Uh, created by writer Brian K. Vaughn and artist Fiona Staples. Saga is an epic space opera about a young couple on the run. Hmm, Logan's Run, maybe? Um, six years is a long time to consistently produce that kind of high-quality material. So in this week's issue of Saga, Vaughn revealed that the comic will go on hiatus for a year. At least a year. Um, after 54, this is a quote from Vaughn, after 54 issues and over a hundred, or over 1,200 consecutive pages of sequential storytelling, Fiona and I have decided to take an extended break before we eventually reunite with Saga 55. And unlike our usual three months of vacations, vacation Anza between arcs, we plan to pause publication of this series for at least a year. He describes the break as an intermission, saying that he and Staples both feel a responsibility to create the best comic they can. Right now, that means to take a break to avoid turnout, uh, burnout, to avoid turnout. Um, <laughs> so, they haven't revealed how long the series will go when it's complete, but as News Rama points out, they still may have a long way to go. Last summer, around on issue 45, Vaughn said they hadn't even passed the halfway point yet. Wow. So uh, this is a seriously epic story, and it sounds like Vaughn and Stables have wisely decided to pace themselves to reach the finish line. So. Well, I mean, it it's disappointing that it'll be so long before we get Saga again, as it's yeah. one of my favorite series. But I understand it, and I'm cool with it, as long, you know, because it, it like, he's, like, like you read, it, it'll, you know, keep them from uh, burning out or turning out. <laughs> or turning um, out, yeah. So, uh, and it's, and they are coming, they will come back, and they still have a lot of story planned. So, you know, whatever, it's fine. Take a little break, and uh, we'll all be waiting for you when you come back and uh, ready for some good stories, some more good stories. Take a little break. Get down tonight. <laughs> so I think that's going to, my slap happiness is going to mean it's time for us to wrap it up. So any final thoughts? Mm, nope. The only final thought I've got is it's CultureCon, not Comic-Con. Want to know more? So, um, the 
a bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.